Hey everybody, Pastor Ryan here with the Youth Culture Collective Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the very first episode. We are beyond thrilled that you would journey with us together as we explore, have conversations about what it looks like to lead and love the next generation, the youth culture of today. Uh, Before we dive into our first episode though, I wanted to give you just kind of the who we are, what we're about, and how you can get more involved with us. Um, Everything that we do is going to be kind of housed at this website called Patreon. So patreon.com forward slash youth culture collective is where kind of you can find everything links to all the platforms that we're on itunes google spotify all that Uh, but it also provides you an opportunity to um, support us and in return you get even more content than just the episode you're about to listen to Um, every week we'll do a devotion on kind of uh, what uh, what we learn from the life of jesus Um, and then also we're going to do kind of a be above and beyond um, the episode that you're going to listen to diving into from a biblical or gospel perspective um, the people we interact with. So um, you can find all the information again on Patreon. So patreon.com forward slash youth culture collective. Um, or you can follow us on Instagram. All of our links will be there as well. And that's just simply at youth culture collective. Um, who we exist to be is simply um, a podcast or a platform for us to have conversations uh, about what it looks like to love and lead the youth culture of today. Um, instead of just giving you guys a bunch of information about youth, we want to be um, a huge encourager and supporter of the stories of people and organizations um, that are already doing it. They're already loving and leading the youth of today. And hopefully you can learn more about youth, be inspired by the youth, and fall more in love with the youth culture that is all around us. So that's our goal. That's our mission. Um, it's simply three guys. Me, Ryan, I'm a youth pastor here in Gilbert, Arizona. Caleb, he's a junior high pastor in Queen Creek, Arizona, and then Patrick, who's our producer, um, he is uh, uh, on staff with me doing youth ministry. Together, we just have a huge passion to uh, explore, reach, love the youth of today. So in this episode, um, we sit down with uh, some of the top guys from Dutch Bros, Arizona. Dutch Bros is a bunch of different coffee stands um, all across the western United States, and specifically for us in Arizona, and we sit down with them uh, as an organization who not only employs um, younger people um, and loves and leads them, but also is just creating this mass amount of excitement and energy, attracting them as customers. So we sit down with them and just kind of figure out why, what's going on, what are you guys doing, um, and how are you loving and leading the youth of today. So I hope you enjoy and have a great rest of your day. All right, we're here with Sam and Josh from Dutch Bros, Arizona. Welcome, guys. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. <laughs> Thanks. It's literally 7.49 at night. Oh, sorry. It's dark it's outside. morning to you. That's what happens when you work in coffee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, so to start off, could you explain just your name, how you got involved with Dutch, like where you started, and how you, and then, and then end with where you're at now, your role in Dutch Bros, Arizona. Okay, so, gosh, my story could be really long, but I'll try to make it brief. You gotta be like a minute and a half. Okay, so I found Dutch Bros on a podcast, had him come speak to my church, uh, fell in love with him, decided to leave the the job I was at and go pursue Dutch Bros. So I started out as a broista in downtown Gilbert, uh, was there for about seven months, just kept bugging Josh over here every day to let me uh, teach classes and just kind of help people grow, and so... At the end of seven months, ended up as the director of people development and uh, just 
get to teach classes like I always wanted to, and I love it. Nice. What's your official title? The director of people development. The director of people development. Yeah. That's a we build fancy people title. here. You build people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like workout. That too. That too. That too. That too. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. Um, I started at Dutch Bros in 2008. Um, after four years in the Marine Corps, I did a tour um, in Iraq and kind of coming out. I was a hardened individual. Moved to Arizona because my mom had cancer. Mm -hmm. So that's what put me here. Responded to a Craigslist ad of all things. And then started as a barista a training at the first and original Arizona location. Wait, which so is, Dutch Bros put out a Craigslist ad for yeah. their jobs? Yeah, we used to do that. That's amazing. Wow. Is that weird? No. No, that's It's cool. crazy to think about that. That is and crazy. So we had one store then, and then I was the barista to open the second location on 29th Street and Bell. Then I went from barista to assistant to manager, then to regional, and then I took over as a kind of a, a director of operations in 2013, and currently um, I'm the, the local area operator for the franchise. And okay. so I've seen it grow from one to 20 locations, and it's just been a total trip. It's been amazing. Dang. Is that all of Arizona or just um, this like just the, valley area? The greater uh, Phoenix area, the East okay. Valley. So our 20 stores are just everything east of the I-17. Okay, cool. Makes sense. Cool. Uh, personal, uh, on a scale of one to 10, how weird are you? 13. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Super Why? weird. Why? Why? Because it's fun. You? Okay. Uh, I think being normal is boring. And so I like to like make people laugh and just be stupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. You didn't say which, like, which was the most extreme. I didn't. I just but assumed. That's, that's how weird people are, I gueah. guess. You think yeah. The Absolutely. Is the weirdest. Yeah. Because I, I think one is the weirdest, and I'm a one. Okay. Like, I'm extremely weird. So I'm on the <laughs> well, opposite it's a one. end well, of the that's weird. He so wins he's weird. super I love weird. That. I love that. And he's weird, but he's a 13 and he's a 1. Yeah. Huh. There's a wide range of weird. On different theory. spectrums. <laughs> That's amazing. All right, so if you could go back 10 years to however age you are then, um, and you could send your past self a sentence, what would you tell your 10-year younger self, knowing what you know now? Don't stress out. Sentence. Yeah, don't stress out don't so much. Don't drink the coffee, Dwight. No. Right? <laughs> Something Sorry. like that. Uh, yeah, just take it easy. Like, life, life's a huge journey, and you're going to figure it out. Okay. Mine's mine is off the charts, but it's... It's a one weird. This is why I'm a one. It's a one weird. It's keep it zipped. <laughs> I spent... Uh, I'd have been 24. I spent a lot of time just chasing relationships that weren't fulfilling, hmm. and part of that was the the side that I referenced. So I just think that uh, for me, like I lost time in those younger years and that's, I mean, I don't, I don't regret it. It's what it is, but I think that that's what I would tell myself. And I think where I am now is where I'm supposed to be, but Mm. who knows, you know, would your younger self have listened? I think so. Especially with the right, because a sentence and then with some descriptors, Mm. definitely the younger me would have been like, Got it, like there. <laughs> you know, so um, I, st- I still had some some good listening skills back in the day. Nice. Uh, family, hobbies, what makes you you? Enneagram, all that. Anything that you want to share that describes you? Uh, I've been married for 10 years, nice. going on 11 this year. No kids, pretty impressive. Keep it zipped. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. My one is showing. Uh, let's see. I love to go hunting. I love to go fishing. 
I love outdoors. I want to own a ranch someday hmm. with a lot of animals, wear Wranglers and stuff. Um, what else? What makes me my Enneagram number? I'm a two on the Enneagram, which is the helper. Um, I've struggled with self-love over the past and try to figure out like how to take care of myself. I just try to take care of everybody else around me. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Um, I don't know my Enneagram, but I'm a high D, high I on the disc personality profile. Nice. Uh, If I was to profile myself as an animal in the wild, it would be a great white shark. Um, And we watched a video the other day, which was really cool, but sharks never stop swimming. And I think that's kind of me. I've never stopped moving my entire mm-hmm. life. Um, I fell in love with the game of golf like almost three years ago. I'm so obsessed with it that I take lessons now. Um, I'm a self-taught DJ, but uh, considering enlisting or, or enrolling in some DJ classes uh, just to polish myself off, and that's been for like the last six years. Um, and then I would consider myself probably an entrepreneur just for the way I think and act. Mm-hmm. Not that I've ever done my own business, but... Um, I've had my hands in a lot of different opportunities, which have probably helped other people. And, and if there was one thing I would say that's my biggest strength and my biggest weakness at the same time, because that's usually what happens, is I'm a connector. Um, so basically, I form a lot of quick, meaningful relationships, and then I keep those tight. But mm-hmm. sometimes I don't maintain them very well at the same time, so I can forget where those things go. But like there's, I always have that like boomerang effect where I can come back around and make sure that things are good and then get people where they need to be. So nice, that's awesome. Family? Oh yeah. So um, gosh, that's really important. I've been married for just over a year nice. to my beautiful wife Shayna, and she ha- was previously married and she had a son Charlie, <laughs> who I consider my son, and he's nine years old, um, and he's just he's awesome. Fourth grade? Yeah, he's fourth, and nice. we we play golf all the time, and he plays football, which he kills it. So nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Congrats. Thank so you. We play tag all the time. Tag. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. That's the game. Every yep. every event. Doesn't matter if we're at the white chocolate grill. We're playing tag. Nice. Yeah, it's great. My kids haven't gotten to tag yet. I have a seven and five year old. Seven's about the age. Yeah. I think he was like maybe six, but okay. it, they'll it hit, get there. It hit. Hide and seek. They do hide and seek, That's which a good is the, the trajectory onto yeah. tag, I feel like. Absolutely. So. Okay, cool. Uh, so kind of transitioning into Dutch Bros as a company, and the reason um, I wanted to sit down with you guys, one, I mean, I just I love you guys. I love who you are, how you are, um, and I love Dutch Bros, what it represents, who it re- they represent. Um, and for us, uh, me being a, a youth pastor and Caleb being involved in youth pastoring as well, um, him more so focused on junior high kids, um, and me for a long time has been high school, and now I oversee junior high and high school. Um, we've seen the youth fall in love with Dutch Bros, mm. and and we we want we're students of their culture. What makes them tick? Um, because you can't um, you can't help uh, somebody if you don't know who they are, how they are. So um, we're trying to every day understand better what makes them go. Um, what they're going through. And so uh, we've just identified Dutch Bros as being able, as a company and as a people who love and lead this generation. And it is just, at least from what I've seen, swept through everybody, but primarily the youth culture and the generation to come. Um, So what is, for a listener who maybe they're, I mean, 
I'm assuming we're not going to get a ton of listeners like outside of Arizona, um, but maybe somebody like in Texas that has never heard of Dutch Bros. What is Dutch Bros? Um, and what is the mission of Dutch Bros as a company? Our mission is to change lives one cup at a time, um, not only through an unreal product, but just the act of service with true, genuine love and respect for everybody. Um, we take no stances, whether it be political or belief. And we just want to make everybody feel like they're at home. Mm. And so Dutch Bros, yes, in, in essence, is it's a coffee shop. I mean, I'm drinking a mocha right now, right? It's We have a product that, that by itself is unreal, but we really believe that our people are our product. And, mm. and that's why our customers come back. So whether it's, you know, our energy drink or, again, a mocha, which was Dane's favorite, or, gosh, a can of Talking Rain, like, we hope that through that, uh, that product that we can pour into you and just make you feel like nothing else. Mm. So, and it started Pacific Northwest. Yeah, started. So Dutch Bros started in, in a really rad town called Grants Pass back in 1992. Uh, Travis and Dane Borsma founded the company. Mm. Dane, the older, Trav, the younger. Uh, Dane was 38 years old when he had to start his life over with a family and kids, and Trav mm. was just 21, going through crazy times in school and. They, they both kind of had the idea to do this thing together. Hmm. Um, and, and through coffee, they found a lot of different things, which you can see today. But I think the most important thing that Trav and Dane did together was Dane sat Trav down on the living room floor of his, of his uh, double white trailer. And they went through Tony Robbins' Unleash the Power Within program and did uh, goals, like hmm. Limitless. You know, they did year-long, and, and Trav is going back now and looking through his goals and seeing the stuff that they've hit. So it's been pretty powerful. That's awesome. That's cool. Then, then when did Dutch Bros actually come to Arizona? The first store opened in 2007. Okay, cool. Nice, nice. Um, so, I mean, you, you touched on it a little bit. Can you expand on how, like, how you've cast the vision for making Dutch Bros bigger than just a coffee stand? I mean, like you said, yes, we have a product. Yes, it's it's fantastic and amazing but we're about something even deeper, even greater than that. Like, how, how does that come about? How do you make <laughs> – there's a lot of coffee stands, right? Yeah. Um, but how do you make it more – how have you made it more than just a coffee stand? I would say there hasn't been a lot of boundaries on what you're allowed to do per se. So coming into it even 11 years ago, I was never scripted. It was never mm -hmm. like, hey, Josh, like you have to say this or – hey, like this is how we talk to our customers. It was more like, hey, be a chameleon. If the person is older, maybe turn the music down or maybe don't call them dude. <laughs> and if it's a younger kid, like treat them like you'd want to be treated if you were that age, like have fun or, you know, recognize that people are going through something and try not to be overbearing or even underwhelming with them and, and then just recognizing in the moment what's there. But it also was kind of internally as a company, I've never gone even like a week without hearing somebody talk about how can I be better or what can I do better or how do we innovate this? And, and there's, but there's no boundaries on that either. Mm -hmm. Like it isn't like no one at Dutch bros has ever shut us down or not wanted to hear our ideas. They've at least, even if they say no, they hear us out and they're willing to play ball with us. Mm -hmm. And when I say they, it's anybody who we're talking to. I mean, that could be Trav, that could be our, you know, our local franchisee gym, that could be our neighbor, but mm -hmm. Every, we're, there's no boundaries on what you're doing, which is amazing. That's huge. That's incredible. That really opens it up for the creativity um, that you guys want to have, um, that I think you guys uh, love and want to keep doing and keep going towards. Sam, as you develop 
people. Yeah. Um, as your title so distinguishes <clears throat> you as yeah. Um, as you what what are you seeing um, people come in with that yeah. you're able to free them up to to be like what Josh said because mm. at least just in my um, observations of of youth they oftentimes feel suppressed or constricted. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the script. Here's the plan for your life. Yep. And if you don't do it, you're either abandoned or you're not good enough or you're a failure or whatever. Mm-hmm. And these are the people that are coming in. You're hiring. They're becoming shift leads, managers, franchise owners, things like that. They go. So as you see them come in, <laughs> how do you how do you help them understand, hey, like your ideas aren't going to get shot down. We're going to at least hear them and develop them. I just think that a lot of people, like you said, their script is already written, whether it's their parents or their friends or their teachers. Uh, so many adults in our lives just kind of, especially when we're really young, they just tell us what we should do. And uh, I love I love when people for you and then you got to just stop, stop letting that happen. Mm. And Gary Chapman said it really well in the five love languages of teenagers. And he actually even brought up uh, the Dead Poet Society. And I'd never seen it. And after he, t- he recommended it, I went home and watched it. And it's exactly what it's about. A young man who finds a passion in college for theater. And his dad's like, no, you need to be a dentist. Mm-hmm. And just kind of keeps trying to pigeonhole him and force him into that. And I think and what he talked about in that book was just love and acceptance. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what we do so well is that, like Josh said earlier, like we're not here to like judge you about your religion or, or about your beliefs or about your politics or anything that when they just come through the door, there's just an unrealistic love there that's like, we accept you for who you are. And not only that, but we're going to call you to be something greater. Mm. And I, I feel that that is just so important for young people, that they just feel so constrained and so judged that when they come in and they feel that love, it's that fertile ground for growth to take mm. place. And we accept it when they do make mistakes or when they do fail, we, we coach them and work with them and we don't come down with an iron fist. Mm. That's huge. Yeah, going into that, I actually was just thinking um, about that. Like with the whole love and accepting people, it can be very easy to um, create a place where it's awkward to bring up uh, mistakes or Mm -hmm. get into that conflict. Um, So how do you uh, more so uh, come alongside someone who's like, hey, like this kind of went down um, and and that's not okay. Uh, How do you do that with your, your employees and the people you work with? We start out on our orientation day and just have a really clear set boundaries of like, this is who we are. These are things that we do. Uh, you know, one thing that's super important for us is like to never make a customer feel stupid or to never make your, your coworker feel stupid. If they did something wrong, we're not going to like blast them or just roast them. We want to like lift them up and encourage them. And so we start out with that. Just this is who we are as Dutch bros. And this is how we're going to treat people making sure that that's clear. And then if there was things that came up, Josh is really good about it, but just talking about we don't attack the person, we attack the issue. Mm-hmm. We're going to say like, hey, you're not, what you did wasn't good. Like we're going to focus on that and not, you're not a good person. Mm. You just, that wasn't okay. That's not, that's not who we are as Dutch bros. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. What, um, what would you say, I mean, there's a lot, but it, for you that you like, um, what is Dutch really good at? And then what is Dutch not really good at or needs to get better at? I think Dutch Bros is really, really good at getting good people on board. Mm-hmm. So, like, 
the the amount of talent that sits within this company, and I'm talking like all over the place, is ridiculous. I mean, people who I want to just emulate all the time, right? So I think we have a ridiculous amount of talent. We attract talent. I think if we could get better anywhere, it's it's forecasting and making decisions that aren't in the moment, but kind of out ahead of ourselves. And that's that's nothing negative. It's just more of right. a, that's like a tweak. Yeah. But I can tell you, you know, it's not going to be a secret soon. That's already happening. Mm. Our, our founder has hired somebody as his right-hand guy to be strategic. Mm. And so that's, we just keep having that conversation of timelines, but we're, we're definitely a talent magnet as far as like people who want to be with us and grow the brand. Mm. That's awesome. hundred percent. Yeah. I just, I get su- super excited about that. Cause that's exactly when I heard that podcast, I'm not, I wasn't super talented at what I was doing, but it, it immediately drew me to Dutch bros. I mean, John Maxwell says that if you're at a place that loves, or if you love leadership and you're at a place that doesn't love leadership, mm-hmm. you're going to grow, but it's going to be extremely tough. But if you love leadership and the place that you work at loves leadership, you'll grow exponentially. Mm-hmm. And so immediately I thought, I have got to go work with these people because they love leadership and they love investing in people, and I want to be a part of that. And so I feel like Josh said is so unreal. Sitting in our in our manager meetings with with a room full of managers that are no none of them are over 35, and I'm just like, these this is who runs our company. And I just mm-hmm. think that's amazing. That is cool. All right. Um, so how do you, on that, it's, it's, it's a perfect segue, I swear. It was perfect. You didn't even read my notes, but you segued perfectly into <laughs> perfect, it. I love it how it, goes, just, it comes in. Um, so something that, that Caleb and I were talking about, um, that we just, it's amazing to see, um, because you guys have hired some people who have been in our ministries, um, starting from a young age, and that we've been able to pour into and then see them grow even more. Um, how do you take... Uh, a, a kid, a young, some of them in high school still, or 18, 19, 20, and they're immature, like, n- no secret, 19-year-olds aren't the most mature in the world. I mean, they have some maturity, but they're still learning and growing. How do you take an uh, a inexperienced, immature, young person um, and lead them in and love them into the amazing talent that you see? Um, like we, we have a couple of examples. We're not going to say their names, uh, but like you look at it and go, wait, they hired you. Like, I would never say that, but like, okay, yeah. I, like you haven't had a job longer than a month and okay, like let's go. And now we see them thriving and it, it wasn't a knock on them. Like you said, as a person. Um, and I knew that you know, like we see the talent there. We, they just need somebody to believe in them and, and Dash Bros did. And now all of a sudden it goes like, how do you... How do you guys do that? Uh, I'd say it's the 80-20 rule. Have you heard of that before? So basically, if I was just only to have my right hand and I was leading Sam and I was walking alongside Sam, if 80% of the time I'm patting Sam on the back and letting him know what he's doing well, and maybe 20% of the time I had to maybe tap him on the butt and mm. get, him, get him in gear, Ooh. And that's 20%. It's, that's just the balance that I try to mix. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's walking in and knowing something's wrong and knowing maybe they know something's wrong, but not pointing at that right away. And mm-hmm. maybe instead of looking for what is not going well, find out how you can help it go better. 
And uh, I mean, you learn that through, there's a really good book that I love called QBQ and it's, it's the power of questions, mm-hmm. right? So it's not asking, Hey, why is the floor wet? It's like, Hey, I noticed there's a spill on the floor. How can I help clean it up? Mm-hmm. They Cause you know, most of the time, and I, and I say this a lot, I say, nobody wakes up and says, how can I mess today up for everybody else? <laughs> right, right. And I say that a lot because yeah. it's really true. And yeah. I have to tell myself that a lot as mm-hmm. well, just as like reassurance. But it's the 80-20. It's knowing that things are going to go not the way you plan, but at least knowing that you, even that someone is still there, right? So let's say yes. that there's pure chaos happening. They're there in the midst of the chaos. The last thing they need as your leader is you to show up and point out mm-hmm. that the chaos is happening. It's your job to say, okay, I know it's chaotic, so let's get through that, and then we can talk about how to strategize later. Mm-hmm. And not to give a name out, but I can give you a particular person who – I watched go through this where there was first a conversation, then there was a conversation again with a little more fire, then there was a good conversation, then there was some retroactive behavior, so there's another conversation on fire, and then finally there was a fourth conversation where it was like, okay, you've had a lot of time, I need to be really straight up with you, and and I don't like saying this, but because of these behaviors, if you decide not to change, you've also decided then to part ways with us. Mm. Now, that's not what I'm looking for, but hey, here's how I can help step one, step two, step three, yeah. articulate it and then go from there. But again, it just starts with, picture yourself walking alongside somebody. Okay. How much time are you spending patting them on the back mm-hmm. and asking them quality questions because you know things are going wrong? Mm. And then when it comes time, and this is where it's important too, are you courageous enough to spend 20% of the time yeah. coaching them? Because that's what needs to happen as well. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Um, just hearing uh, you talk about that, that creates, um, I would think, a uh, security in working for Dutch Bros in saying, they're going to work with me. Um, they love me enough to say, uh, I'm going to work with you. Uh, let's talk about this. Let's." Um, the first reaction isn't, you did it wrong, you're fired, uh, which can be so many places um, because so many places don't want to throw in that 20%. So many places don't even want, if it's more than 20%, they don't want to try to get it to the 20% um, that you're talking about. And I think um, you might agree with this. I don't know. You can not if you don't. But that, that's got to play a role in youth just being excited about Dutch Bros and the, mm-hmm. your employees knowing that they got my back. They don't want to let me go. They don't want to fire me. They want to do everything they can to keep me, mm-hmm. which is so cool mm-hmm. and, and so freeing. We tell them all the time, hey, if, if there's something we could do better, you have my explicit permission to come find me. And people find me. And they, <laughs> it, 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 But it's, you know, you got to consider what you just said, too. It plays into a lot of places. We, we don't lead by fear here. Yeah. Fear, to, fear doesn't have a vote in Dutch Bros. And, and I'll take that straight from Trav. He says mm. that all the time. So That's huge, especially in a culture of kids. I was just reading an article about how um, with, the, with cell phones and technology – uh, teachers are now sending grades to the cell phones. Mm-hmm. So they're walking around with this device in their pocket at any moment, scared they could get their bad grade result. So it, it leads them, without them even realizing, mm-hmm. to walk around with fear. Because if I bomb the test, and this, this, and this, and this. Well, not only that, it's sending it to their parents as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, and so now they're, I know, I, the phone buzzes, oh, is this my bad test score or whatever? 
and it's just inundated into their culture. Then they come into a workplace, which mm. a lot of workplaces operate. Fear is a great motivator, but it also crushes people. Yeah. And so you're going, hey, like that's not how we're leading and loving through this. Mm-hmm. So it's a breath of fresh air, I could imagine. For I actually just heard from um, a school counselor. Uh, a parent was telling me a story. Their their child was struggling in school. And they went in and talked to the counselor, like, hey, what do we do? Our kid's struggling. And the counselor said, do you check your kid's grades to see if their homework is in? They're like, yeah, of course. And the counselor said, stop it. Mm-hmm. Don't get rid of it. I don't, I, I don't want you to use that. Let him fail. Let him uh, do whatever he needs to do. Um, there will be consequences. And that is how we learn. Like, that's how you learned growing up. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, that fear that comes from that that you're mm. talking about, Ryan, can be a huge mm. uh, burden on our youth. I know when I first started being 30 and making mistakes in the shop was like, <laughs> don't laugh, it's, it's serious. Uh, making mistakes in the shop was tough. You know, I, working with, with young kids, I'd be like, man, I, I'm better than this, I can figure this out. Mm. And uh, my trainer, who's probably half my age, he sat me down and he said, you know, everybody in the shop makes a mistake every day. He's like, I don't care if it's a trainer or a, or a lead or an assistant manager, even our manager. He's like, if they don't make a mistake, then they're either a liar or a robot. Mm. And either way, I don't trust them. <laughs> and so permission to fail, right? Permission to screw something up. We have this thing called a freeze machine. And if you forget this teeny little white piece, the thing will freeze solid like a popsicle. <laughs> And the only way to get it out is to pull the popsicle out and everything on top just comes out like a gusher. <sighs> and it's a, it's a huge mess. And, and it's a moment in a, in a young person's life where you could feel totally defeated. Like, I just made a huge mess. I screwed this up. And so many times we celebrate that. We mm-hmm. just like, we take videos of it. We, we have fun with it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's a huge mess. And that was a little bit of cogs, but we can clean this up. And I mean, I see so many places where you make one mistake and they just roast you, Right. you know? So yeah. one, one thing I just want to say really quick, too, that I, we see young people as an opportunity. Like, I think too many people see them as, as like an obstacle or, or something that's terrible. I, mm. There's a quote that the, the shoe salesman goes to Africa and, and he realizes that no one's wearing shoes. So he sends a telegraph back and he says, man, we're screwed. Like, no one wears shoes here. Well, the other shoe salesman goes, and he sees that nobody's wearing shoes, and he sends a telegraph back, and he says, dude, we're going to kill it. Like, nobody's wearing shoes. (laughs) And so I feel so much that, like, Mm. our generation, the older people, look at young people, and they see all this trouble and all this work, and they're like, it's just not worth it. Mm. And I think we're just like, you guys are dead wrong. Mm. We look at it as an opportunity to build people and to serve young people well, they don't know all this stuff. Maybe, I mean, and, and honestly, it falls back into their parents, right? Mm, like, yeah. you can sit back and blame young people, or you could say, hey, how can we be a parent to this young person? Maybe show them and love them through these difficult times, and, and it just makes a huge difference. Mm. I mean, I just I just spoke at a school uh, Friday, and uh, it was so cool because one of our employees was goes to the school, and, and the teacher didn't know that he worked there. And he, and he even said, like, man, that kid could be a little tough. Like, I didn't realize that. And it's just like, man, like you guys said, like, you might see them as one way, but when they walk through those doors, they feel so loved and supported. Mm. And, and, man, they're, they're not those things here. Mm. 
Yeah, it's amazing. That's awesome. That actually segues, segues right into uh, kind of what we want to talk about next. Um, Ryan and I actually talked about this on the phone just before we started filming this, but um, basically what motivates you or compels you to entrust so much responsibility onto youth, onto young people, it seems risky, um, especially when it comes to like companies like they, at the end of the day like there's a lucrative side of it you, you need to make money to grow and um, trusting that with youth uh, seems like a risk so what motivates you to do that like like decent responsibility jobs like mm-hmm. you walk in and go wait oh you're the manager yeah. like you're you're young and like the manager screws up there's big time you know other companies go hey we'll hire youngins and we'll put them at little 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 positions so if they screw up we're not out but it seems almost reversed it almost seems like the opposite with dutch and just kind of looking at it from someone who may be listening going they're a business person or they're you know and they're going <laughs> i would never entrust the, fr- the the face of this organization to be young people because if they screw up like i know young people screw up we're all screwed yeah so kind of what motivates you guys to go hey we take that as a challenge we accept it and i think I think my childhood personally motivates me. Hmm. Um, you know, not to go deep into the void, but I'll be blunt with the listeners. Um, I was abused and neglected as a kid in certain respects. And the number one thing I was told, and we're good now, so don't take this as me taking a stab at him, but my stepdad said, kids are to be seen and not heard. Hmm. You'll speak when spoken to kind of situation. Yeah, And so... Uh, anybody who knows me knows that's not me because I'll just talk whenever <laughs> I want out of turn and it's fun, but I'm, I'm the master distractor. But anyways, um, I just think that everybody deserves and has a voice. Mm. And I think where I wasn't trusted a lot that I give a lot of trust now mm. because I think there's not really a task that we could give somebody who's 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, all the way up to my age or, or beyond that they couldn't do. And I think we tend to look at people for their outward appearance and not for what their abilities could be. Mm. Um, And I think about that a lot with with our youth. I mean, I'm not necessarily probably the most up to speed on each social media platform, and I definitely still don't know how to use Twitter, Um, but I think it's cool. (laughs) And we've got, you know, crew that works for us that's 10 years my my, uh, junior that they can navigate Twitter in the snap of a finger and they're helping us use it as a platform that speaks to that generation. But right. also why not? I mean, mm. why not? You don't know until you've tried. And again, I think the leadership style here is so different because there, there has to be a level of trust involved in anything you do. But if, if they mess up, don't they learn anyways? Mm. And I don't think anybody that's ever made a mistake has burned a store down or anything to my knowledge yet. But he said, e- yet. even then, it could happen. Know, <laughs> yeah, it could. That's what insurance um, is for. But <laughs> we navigate tough situations every day, you know, to kind of maybe give another story to the, to the moment. There was a customer drinking a drink and a bee flew into this customer's straw when they were on the patio. The customer didn't know. So this customer... It's a, this is a young child drinks this bee and the bee stings the child in the mouth. And then one of our shift leaders was a, is a nurse or a nursing school and she's 18 going to nursing school. And she goes, be calm. I know it hurts. Puts on gloves, pulls the stinger out. 
gives the kid a hug, sends them on their way with a gift card and says, sorry about the bee. The bee wasn't our fault. Was this at the Paradise Valley store? No, it was today. Okay. It was literally (laughs) today. No, because I was at the PV store and in the middle of getting my drink, like one of the managers ran out and said something about a a customer got stuck by a bee. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. These these little buggers are crazy. But think about that. Like, I don't think there's any age of person that has, uh, that doesn't have that like, fight or flight mentality and that's really what I'm looking for is somebody who just knows to act in the moment and so let's just take it for even that grain of salt like mm. when you don't trust somebody and you make it like Ryan I don't trust you Ryan I'm always watching you what are you going to do in the moment you're going to freeze yeah. and you're going to go oh, what would Josh say right now and you spend so much time thinking about what I would say rather mm. than going Josh believes in me 80% of the time he's told me he cares about me and he, and he knows, <laughs> you know, yeah. okay. but he, yeah. but you're confident and you just do it. And then you come back and you mm. say, Josh, this happened. And you know what I say? Great job. Mm. I'd love to see that happen again in the future. So I think, I think mm. there's just a lack of trust and Kids confidence. Getting out there. Bees? Uh, well, whatever it is. <laughs> Bring it on. Yeah. That's awesome. I love what Maxwell says. Um, just about putting a 10 over somebody's head. Like, so, so if somebody comes in the room and we see them and they're, we're, we're looking at them to invest in them as a leader and, and we, you know, they're like a five in, in their own mind, like, yeah, I think I'm a five. And you might, you might think, oh, you're, you're better than that. You're probably like a seven. Um, but you don't, you don't ever tell them they're a seven. You say, I believe you're a 10. I believe that you can, you could, you're, you're here, you're here. And people desire to reach that level. They mm-hmm. want to make you proud. And I think, like Josh was saying, if you're ultra critical and you just beat them down every chance you get, man, they're going to they're gonna fail you over and over mm-hmm. and over again. So note to parents, quit. Just stop. <laughs> stop beating your kids. Yeah. Uh, just kidding. Um, I no, just, don't be kidding. Yeah, don't no, be kidding. Yeah, don't, no, don't do that. But it's just so important to, like, find something, like, find them, catch them doing something right. Mm. And, and start them off at low levels. We start them off as a lead, and we see how they do. We don't just be like, hey, you're a great broista. You want to you wanna be a regional operator? Mm-hmm. You know, they, they have levels of building trust and seeing how they do, and it's, uh, it's just important to believe in somebody. It's amazing mm-hmm. to see what a young person can do Yeah. When, yeah. when most of the world thinks that they can't tie their shoelaces. Uh, I'd put them up against a lot of 40-year-olds, so sure. let's go. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, just – Allowing them to dream that, hey, they're, they're, I could do this. You know, like I know one of the, the girls who she entered in, and it was a dream for her to work at Dutch Rose. But then immediately she goes, and I could be a shift lead, and then I could I could do this, and then I could do this. And it doesn't belittle what she's doing. She's ne- She never had the attitude of like, well, being, you know, at this level is lame. But there's that, I could be. Like, they're not limiting me to that. Right. I mean, there's obviously levels and things I have to do to accomplish that. But, um, and it and it invests her into Dutch. It, mm. I, I want to do this. They're, they're, I could do this, as opposed to many other companies, organizations, schools, parents that say, "No, you're you can't. You just you know, or if you are, do it apart from me." Um, and that's just crippling. You see it. I mean, I just constantly. If it, or or the goals are way too <laughs> yeah. grand. Like, well, the only position you're really gonna get is regional manager. And we just know that's not going to happen. You know, like, no, mm-hmm. there's no mm-hmm. way. Um, I think that's that's massive uh, for young people. Um, as, a, as a coffee stand and as just a customer, so not working for Dutch, what do you guys think it is that 
attracts predominantly a younger generation. Now, obviously, I mean, I see all ages in line. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, you put it, seemingly you guys keep putting stands next to high schools, <laughs> uh, which is awesome. But, I mean, you drive through and you just see this line and they're predominantly young people, or at least the young people are talking. Maybe it's because they're the only ones who know how to use social media. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But what is it about, I mean, there's nowhere to sit down, like, rel relative to uh, a star sucks or whatever, like an inside Ouch. whatever. That's what I call it. People know me. Um, you know, it's it's truly a stand. I mean, there's some outside seating, but it's, but you see just droves of, of youth, young people waiting in line. It's the happen in party place after a football game why flavored energy drinks <laughs> well, yeah you're not wrong no and great music that's Boom. it mic drop <laughs> and we're done <laughs> and podcast <laughs> i think also just the fact that we love people i mean i think that uh, in the words of john o'leary uh the world is starved for it mm. my family deserves it and god demands it i mm. think that I think that people are starved for love and they're starved for acceptance. And you can get an amazing drink and then walk away feeling better than when you came. Mm. And I think that young people, honestly, guys, how, when's the last generation that people just talk so much crap about millennials, right? Like, I mean, it's just like everywhere you go, millennials suck, they're lazy, yeah. you can't get them to do anything. And, and with us, it's like, not only do we have millennials working for us and serving our young people, but but we attract them because we just love them, mm. and there's no judgment, and we don't care what what's going on, you know. That's huge. I think it's safe too. Uh, I mean, we we definitely as uh, if you want to talk about aesthetics and talking about like just the business side of things, because we design the stores in a really particular way. Yeah, there's not a lot of seats, but. When you have an 800 square foot building, what can you really put outside of it on the patio? Yeah. But we light it up really well in the evening time, especially. So if, if that's when they're hanging out, but also uh, they're not told like, hey, get out of here, scram. Like they're, they're welcome to hang out as long as they're not contributing to anything negative. Right. Sure, so sure. have there been situations where we've had to tell people you can't hang here? Oh, sure. Yeah. But for the most part, I mean, and I'd say 98% of the time, they're just there to hang out and, and it's, and they have a place. Yeah. And I think even if I go back to my youth, like I never felt like I had a place, especially that wasn't my house. Right. I was never home. I Friday and Saturday, I stayed at, at Steven's house or wherever I was. So I think this is just one of those things. I think back to when I was 13, 14, 15, I, my first job was at Chick-fil-A at, at age 14. And I remember going early to my shifts to hang out at Chick-fil-A because lo and behold, I felt like I could hang out there and have a, a drink. But uh, there weren't things like this when, when I was that age. And that, that's only 20 years ago. Yeah. So even just thinking that there's a place, you know, it's not a Starbucks, right? You're right. It's, it's different. The music's cool. Like, you can, you can hang out. The drinks are different. Like, we even, I mean, I think we're kind of specific in our naming of stuff. But the Unicorn Blood, the Vampire Slayer, Dino Egg. And it looks like that stuff, right, too. Right. So it, there's a lot of different factors for us. And, and then uh, I also think, like, the last two years for us, the clothing line that we've launched has just added a wow factor. So, yeah, that's awesome. Swaggy. Yeah. You got to get that Dutch swag. It's amazing. Um, so with it, with a generation coming in, they're attracted to this amazing stand. They love the drinks. They love the coffee. It's a great place to hang. 
Um, where do you, where do you see it growing? You know, it's one of those things where um, it can either a not sustain and can just go away. It can just sustain and just kind of flatline out, or it can continue to grow. And, and it seems like it's in a growth pattern right now. Um, but what are what are some things that you guys uh, are dreaming and continuing to dream through to to not settle? To, to continue to reach this generation, uh, both as a customer and employees, invest in people. Um, you know, it's not, to borrow the athlete quote, you know, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. You know, that whole thing. Anybody can start really quick and it's new and it's trendy, but will it just die out? Will it just, you know, fade out? It's just uh, in the past six, seven years, and then it's not really going to be here. They're going to tank. You know, mm-hmm. what is it that you feel is going to continue to not just sustain it, but grow it? You ever watch Oprah? No. No. So Give it the program, bro. Come <laughs> on. You could win a free car, free whale, could. free bus. I watched Ellen's new bit on Netflix. Ellen's great. Ellen's, Ellen's another fantastic. one. She's Ellen a great example, She's too. She's like the next. You know, everybody hears those two names. Let's, let's call it Ellen. Did Ellen do it overnight? No. I think that that's where Dutch Bros is going. It's been... Um, it's been a long time coming that maybe we would get recognized, mm. but we never did it to be flashy or to be uh, like put ourselves out there in an egotistical manner. I think Trav had a specific criteria and even to the point where we filmed over undercover boss, he really wasn't even into it. He's like, I don't think this is a great idea. And he did it and it really helped us a lot. I mean, it got, got us on the map as far as like a national standing, Yeah, but our brand was still maturing. And I think when you say that, like the last six, seven years, that's truly when people started to, to notice us. And under the spotlight, people do two things. They freeze or they move. Hmm. And I think we've just learned that we have to keep moving under the spotlight. And so internally, uh, the way I see it is we're going to keep growing internal systems. We're gonna, like Travis is focused and he's continuing to look for ways to value people, whether that's people development programs or a system for keeping track of how, like where did somebody start and how do they end? So tracking mm. data, yeah. it's uh, meaningful partnerships, like looking at, like we did a Harvard study and then he, a bunch of our franchisees got together and filled out an actual survey. And then uh, I was a part of it, which I'm lucky to say I was, but things like being interviewed by Harvard and then also just bringing in meaningful products into the mix. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something else I got to participate in was our cold brew, Mm -hmm. which you're drinking. I was in San Diego during, during the initial testing of the original cold brew that Dutch bros put out. But I think it, it just takes a combination of those things. And then at the end of the day, it's how bad do you want it? You Mm -hmm. know, because Dutch bros, I, I don't think will ever not be Dutch bros, but I do think it could evolve even a step further where it's, Oh, that's like, at least for me, my dream is like, I want moms, dads, sisters, brothers Mm. to be like, oh yeah, like my brother worked there and it turned his life around. Mm. And that's been my number one goal this whole time is to be the place that people use as the example of like, you should work there because, and Mm. I think Chick-fil-A does that a little bit too. Um, But we don't do it through money. We do it through opportunity and experience. And also, I mean, Dutch Bros, especially Trav, but Dutch Bros has turned around and said, if you want to be an operator, we'll get you there and we'll help you financially, but you've got to prove your worth mm-hmm. and, and make it through the test of time and also through skills and culture. So yeah, that's where I see it. That's legit. I just love the fact that we, 
uh, develop young people. And I see that as something we've talked about it. Me and Josh have talked about it a lot that we're not, we're not a landing spot for a lot of people. We're a launching pad Mm. and we don't see that as a negative. We Mm. don't, we don't, uh, you know, there's two guys talking that worked at this place and this guy said, you know, like, man, what if we invest in our people and they leave? And the, the guy said, well, what if the other guy said, well, what if we invest in, or what if we don't invest in them and they stay? Mm. Right. And so I, I think we're not afraid to invest in people that are going to leave us. Mm. And I think that's part of drawing, uh, making a culture where people are going, man, I'm going to want to go work at Dutch Bros because they're going to invest in me. But I think like just what Josh was saying, we're, we're, we're going to be on the cover of Get Rich Slow. You know, like Trav is such a slow and steady and like he's we're not trying to do things that are flashy. Mm. We're trying to love people and it's inconvenient and it doesn't always pan out. And and man, it's just it's beautiful. And like Josh said, I've been so many different franchises all over the all over in Oregon and California. And I meet the same people mm. that are amazing, that just care deeply about human beings. And I'm like, this is unreal. Like this is this is so much bigger than than I think us. And mm. so uh, just staying the course of who we are. And I love that Trav is like, man, I'm the captain of the ship and I'm, I'm, it's not going anywhere, you know? Yeah. Um, that's huge. Yeah. That's awesome. great. Um, so uh, kind of talking about this, uh, Sam, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, uh, but you have uh, tons of young employees and uh, being the developer of your employees, you're, they come in, they have their goals. Um, some of them, uh, they want to go into uh, Dutch world and they want to move up in the Dutch Bros company. Um, but some, like uh, you were just talking about the nurse, uh, she's going to nursing school. What are you doing to help them move into those goals, mm. uh, whether it is with Dutch or yeah. it is outside of Dutch? Yeah. One thing that I think is phenomenal, uh, especially working a lot outside of Dutch Bros, was we are flexible with our schedules and we, we work with people so much. Like we, we one want them to invest in themselves and we want them to like have time for their passions as well. Mm. We're not the company that's like, what are you going to do for us? We're like, how can we help you enjoy your passions and still, and still get a paycheck. Mm. Um, and the same thing with, with school, when people are in school, we're not rigid, you know, some old Greg, like you're too rigid. You're like a breadstick. Um, we're not like that. And I, and I love that, man. I remember so many jobs I would go to put time off and they'd be like, you really want to ask for time off? Mm -hmm. And it's like, Oh crap, I think I'm going to get fired. Like, Nope. I'm going to just, I'm going to work until, until I die. So, um, I think it's super huge for that. We, we also have a library in people development. That's like literally just books that have shaped us as Dutch pros. And, And we're constantly pushing our young people. Hey, read this book, read these books. These things will change your life. And, and just encourage them that, like, we don't want you to read this book so that you'll be a better employee at Dutch Bros. We want you to read this book so you'll be a better nurse, mm. so you'll be a better mother, you'll be a better, you'll be a better parent, like, wife, all those things. We just want to make you better mm. because you are with us. The mere fact that you guys can get young people to read. Yeah, that's impressive. <laughs> one, of your, one of your employees said, yeah, ask them how they get all these young people, mm-hmm. like 18, 19, 20-year-olds, to read, like, a book a month. Like, <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll tell you how we do it too. Hmm. If you're not doing it, why would they? Yeah. And that's the biggest thing about this, this, uh, generation. And I quote it with my fingers because I think it's funny because I think I'm part of that generation too, Mm -hmm. where it's like, we always follow the trends and the fads and it's whatever everybody's saying or whatever they're doing. Well, 
people like us do stuff like this. And right, that's right. what we say. So I'm, I'm reading this book. What are you reading? Mm-hmm. Or, hey, I just listened to David Goggins or I just did the, the doorway push-up challenge all day. What did you do for your fitness or whatever it is? But yeah. I, th- I think we have a lot of those things here, those, those kind of fun antics that, that really turn into making somebody better or stronger mm-hmm. without even thinking about it. So That's huge. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if um, you guys are listening, we'll go ahead after the, we're done with the podcast. We'll get maybe the top five books that they would recommend, and mm-hmm. um, we'll note it somewhere so that you guys can have an opportunity to maybe see that and uh, go check out those books. Three more questions. First one is, um, how do you, this was actually submitted to somebody on Instagram wanting us to ask you. So this is their question. Uh, so if it sucks, I take no credit for it, but if if it's awesome, I (laughs) am asking this question. I'm kidding. He's well, um, how do you create a culture of love that your employees give to people when the primary mode of your business is people coming in and out? Well, I, I use this analogy a lot and I, it makes me a little emotional, but um, just picture yourself as a mirror every day and you reflect whatever is going on inside of you, right? So I tell everybody you have a choice. You, have to, you get two choices every day. You're going to reflect positivity or you're going to reflect negativity. What are you going to reflect? And then picture that other person as a mirror that sucks in your reflection mm-hmm. and now they're going to go reflect. Mm-hmm. So if I reflect negativity to you, Ryan, or to you, Caleb, then the next person you interact with gets what? And even in 45 seconds, if I'm absolutely just a joy and I'm genuine and I'm, hey, good morning, it's nice to see you. Let's wake you up. What sounds good? Okay, Mm. great. You have, you know, and I just go about it in a pleasant way. How could you leave the experience with us and be pissed? Mm. Or, and, and if you are upset, maybe it's me taking a moment and saying, hey, is everything okay? I just want to, you know, you don't have to tell me, but I just wanted to check in on you or, you know, and then what happens when you, that mirror of positivity, people check in on you mm-hmm. because they notice us. They're like, Hey dude, like, are you all right lately? Or what's going on? But then what, it, what it else happens is that they'll come in and then they start to want to share. And that's where that love comes from is we're just so genuine and so polite. And we act like, I mean, I'm hell I'm in your car. Sometimes I'm just in your car. You, you feel like that, like I'm that much with you but they'll just tell you things that are going on for them. Yeah. And then we celebrate. So so there's two things that come along with, with that too, right? So it's you celebrate with people every day or you medicate with people every day. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I got that job or I, I did what I said I was going to do or I lost that weight or, you know, I got that A. Or it's like, you know, my cat ran away. Or, yeah, my son was born prematurely and, and he's over in Phoenix Children's mm-hmm. right now or whatever. And we've heard some wonderful stories that just are heart-wrenching, but it doesn't happen without being that mirror of positivity. Mm-hmm. So I just think the, the way you reflect on others is, is exactly what they're going to do. And I, and I tell everybody, I say each weekend, you know, and I just pick a number. I'm like, let's, let's call it. We're going to see 800,000 customers this weekend. You have 800,000 opportunities to reflect positivity. What mm-hmm. are you going to do? So that's great. Can I get the question again? Yeah. So how do you create a culture of love when it's so tra- it's so transient of like the cut comes, like you said, 45 seconds, maybe a minute going in and out. It's, yeah. it's constant, you know, cause that's at least the, the, what people love about Dutch Bros, at least that I hear oftentimes just, man, they're just, they're so upbeat. They're so, um, like you said, they're positive and doing a, that's great, but it's, that's hard to teach when, Mm. You, they're not sitting down with somebody and let, let's get to really know you for an hour. It's yeah. 
I got a 45 second window to, to say hi, get an order on top of that being efficient in that. So yeah. basically kind of it's, it's quick, it's fast paced. How do you teach a culture of, of authenticity and authentic love? Yeah. I think a lot of it just is being genuine. And um, again, I, I quote Maxwell too much, but leaders know the way they go, the way they show the way um, we are, we are love. I mean, as leaders, we love our crew. We're there for our crew. Something happens. I've seen Josh over and over do things that just blow my mind. When, when somebody, somebody in our, in our uh, company that just started working here maybe like two months ago, their, their family member went through something tragic, and not only did they get the time off but got their flight paid for. Mm. I mean, that's unreal. Yeah. That's unheard of. We, we put our money where our mouth is when it comes to loving our people. And I think they feel that love and support and they turn around and they share it with our customers and just being genuine. Like I, I, there's a restaurant or a place that me and my wife went a while back and we walked in and they're working their butts off. You can tell they're working super hard. And as we walk in, all of them all together just say, welcome. And they just look like they, they're not making eye contact. I could tell they just want to be somewhere else. And it's like, I, good effort, bud. But next time, look me in the eye, right? Like, right. smile. <laughs> like, um, orphans, smile and be happy. <laughs> Sorry, I just got nacho quotes flowing okay. around. But yeah, but just having a genuine smile and just genuinely, like, if somebody doesn't look okay, asking them how they're doing. It's cool. Like, I go to the same grocery store week after week, and, and people, I recognize them. Like, like just last week, these two young guys that were the baggers, they like saw all this windmill on my shirt and they were like, is that Dutch bros, man? Like, whoa, you guys have clothes? Like, and they were getting all fired up. And, and this week we went back through, I had no Dutch wear on and the kid made eye contact with me and just kept like looking over my way. And I made sure to acknowledge him and how you doing? And I was thinking, I'm like, I'm going to get him a $5 gift card, you know, like, those kind of things, those genuine, like if you're going to see somebody over and over again, you're going to build a relationship with them and just making sure that like, man, you're just genuine. When we come into the shop, we, we pump positivity into them. We, we love on them, show them like how, how, to, how it's done, right? Because you got to model it for them first. Right. I, I hate that. Like do as I say, not as I do. Right. Like you guys love people and then just be a jerk to somebody. It's like <laughs> good luck. Right, right. Uh, the last two questions, they kind of, they go together. Um, but it, if, if there was one thing that you would want to leave this up and coming generation with, what would it be? One trait, one, uh, idea, one concept, uh, this up and coming generation, what would it be? Mine's kind of simple, but I just, you got this. Hmm. I, I believe wholeheartedly in this upcoming generation uh, I just know they're going to kill it. And, and, uh, the heck with all the negativity, I'm, I'm done with it. I'm done with talking about millennials or generation Z or whoever the heck that is next coming up. Um, it's just so, man, it's just so funny. And I can go on a little tangent, but like Fiddler on the Roof for me is such a classic, uh, film that I love. And I just, it's constant, that the older generation constantly wants to bag on the younger generation. And there's constantly this like struggle and battle going on. And I just, I, and I do it. Uh, mumble rap drives me crazy, right? Me and Samuel <laughs> L. Jackson. And, and I just crack up at his tweet about saying like, 
it's just same thing. It's people that are older saying your new music sucks. Mm. And I'm just done with that negativity. You know, uh, we need to encourage the younger generation, love them and support them because they are the future, mm. regardless if we want them to be or not, they're the future. Yeah. That's good. You know, I think that we're getting to a point where acceptance really has to come into the fold, mm. uh, going forward. And like, I th looking to your left or to your right and just not worrying about what somebody's predispositions are or where they came from. And the book I'm reading right now, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins, like says a lot of it. But I mean, even at his point, he's I think he's in his 40s, but he's a, a black guy. And so he struggled with people calling him the N word in mm. school. And you know what mm. sucks is that same stuff still happens. Yeah. And I say that it sucks. It's it, it's because isn't everybody just tired of that by now? Yeah. Aren't we all just a little bit fed up? And so when I say acceptance, I'm not the one that's going to go out there and point the shotgun of acceptance at everybody and hit them with birdshot and make sure that they know that if they <laughs> don't, that they're going to feel it. It's, it's more just what I went through. I came out a hardened Marine and I was very uh, anti-liberal and very right-wing motivated and very you have to follow the rules and it was beat into me mm. in the, in the service. And it's not a bad thing. It's not, I don't look at that as a negative thing. I see it as an opportunity to understand. Mm. And so if the next generation just knows acceptance and there isn't, you know, you're, you're wrong, I'm right, but it's more, I see your point. Mm. However, we could do that better. Mm. It's just, I said the same thing. Yeah. And so I think it's acceptance all all around, no matter what somebody's again predisposition is or yeah. or, what, or what they what they have going on. Right, that's good. That's great. All right, last question: um, How do you want Dutch Bros to be remembered by? Or remember? Yeah, what do you want Dutch Bros to be remembered by? Um, if Dutch Bros closed their shop, all the shops right now tomorrow. Or I'm not speaking bad voodoo or anything like that, but they, they shut down. Travis said. Guys, we had a great run. You're all set for life. It's not a bad thing. You guys are taking care of, but we're shutting them all down. How would you want Dutch Bros to be remembered? What would you want people to say about Dutch Bros? I just want them to say it changed their life for the better. I mean, it's, it's super simple, but there's a lot of people that have lived through good and bad with us. And we walk with them, you know, like I talked about with our crew, but, but even I can think of a customer who passed away right now, like just mm -hmm. hearing that. And like, we just lived with them. And so we just, we want to, I want to know that we changed our life for the better. That'd be really cool. I think the word that comes to mind is love, like unconditional, just that, that all like, I just feel, yeah, I feel like if Dutch bros closed tomorrow, there'd be just a, a hole in the world, like, mm -hmm. and maybe not in, in the East Coast, because we're not there yet, <laughs> but I feel like in the Pacific Northwest and in Phoenix and in the seven states that there we're in, that there would be a lack. And, and, and I, I'm proud to say that. I'm proud to say that we've made an impact where we, in the communities that we're in, we make a huge difference. And, and that to me is like, oh man, I could hang my hat on that. I'm yeah. proud of that. That's awesome. Great. Cool. Guys, I really appreciate, we really appreciate you guys taking time out of your Saturday night. Uh, we were talking on the phone. <laughs> Here like, we are. You, they're coming in on a Saturday night? Like, this is insane. So just really thankful that you guys 
uh, would do this, and I know that it's going to reach a lot of people and, and hopefully uh, inspire a lot of people. So I just want to say thank you guys to you. But cool. It's yeah. been a Thanks. blessing. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Great questions.